There's power in the name of. There's healing in the name of. There's salvation in the name of. The Bible says that demons tremble at the sound of that name. Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Intefel of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Intefel is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs, and wonders. His in-depth teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. To talk about building the church. Hallelujah. And if, if you can read the scripture again from Nehemiah chapter 2, 17 to 20. Nehemiah chapter 2, 17 to 20. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But when Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant and the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor rights, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 17. Then, then said I unto them, See, ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are born. Hallelujah. Amen. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem that we be no more a reproach. So we realized yesterday that when Nehemiah heard that the city of Jerusalem lied in rain, he spoke to the people and mobilized them and said, come, let us rise up and rebuild the walls and rebuild the gates. And we realized that like Jerusalem, the church, most of the church of Jesus Christ is not built today. Most Christians are building their lives. Most Christians are interested in money, in houses, in lands, in marrying, in visas, in setting up companies, businesses, and having earthly riches. Now, Jesus said, lay not up for yourself treasures on earth. But that is what we are doing. The very thing that Jesus said we should not do is what the church is engaged in. And in doing that, 
We have deviated from the purpose of the church. So church, God is expecting us to rise up to build his church. And yesterday we understood that Jesus is building his church. What Jesus is doing right now is building his church. If that is the case, then we believers must join him in building. Because the church is the most important institution on earth. And we realize that we must understand what the church is. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the assembly of people in the Lord. When people gather, all right, in the Lord, that is the church. The church are the children of God eh, in this world and his kingdom. So the church is a very, very important thing. Today, I want us to look at why is the church important. And if time allows us, then we will start on the journey to how we can build the church. But before I proceed, yesterday I was telling you about three books and also today uh, in the morning I was telling you about three books that I want all of us to get. Now the first one is Church Planting. This is one of the most powerful books that will help us as pastors and church workers to plant churches. Unfortunately, there are a lot of pastors who don't want to start churches, but rather destroy other people's churches to take their members. But you don't need to do that. God can use you to start churches. In our denomination, typically we will send a couple of people, two people, three people, to go and start a church. I have right here some young men who have come on missions, about four of them here, building a church together. And gradually, the church will grow and become um, a great church. So, I want to recommend this book to you, written by Bishop Doug. Okay? And in it, you find very powerful um, subjects like church expansion, the mindsets of church planters, the work of church planters, church planting and the Jerusalem church, the church planting Jerusalem church, and then church planting and the Antioch church. What was the difference between the Jerusalem church and the Antioch church? Jesus commanded the Jerusalem church to go out to Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Once they became established, they relaxed. It took a wave of persecution to drive the church out to go out into the world. But the Antioch church, you remember in Acts of the 13, sent out people, sent out Paul, sent out Barnabas, sent out Silas, and people like that who went about, you know, planting churches. So we must be like the Antioch church and not like the Jerusalem church. Hallelujah. You also find in this book, Church Planting and the Tent Ministry, which I'll be talking about, 
how ordinary people in the church can be involved in the planting of churches and in doing the work of God. In my denomination, Lyra Chapel International, right now, right now, not less than 70% of all the pastors are lay pastors. They do their work and they pastor. Just like Pastor Ademi, I was asking whether he was a, a full-time pastor and he said no. He runs a business and then he pastors. Hallelujah. And so, many of us who are sitting in the church working in the world can be part of the church. Then there are subjects like how to start a church. How do you start a church? How do you start a church? What are the processes that are involved in church planting? So this is church planting. All right. Do we have copies? Okay, so at the end of the service, please get a copy. Then, this is one of Bishop Dark's most popular books. The Mega Church. How to make your church grow. Hallelujah. Pastors, we want our churches to grow. Is that not so? But how do you make your church to grow? Alright, so in this book, Bishop Dark teaches about the strategies and the anointing that is needed for your church to grow. Hallelujah. 25 reasons why you must have a mega church. I was talking about that this morning. How to measure church growth. Uh, how you can receive the anointing for church growth. How to start a church. How to fight for commitment. How to develop devoted members. When you come into our churches, you realize that the members are not devoted. They keep on jumping from one church to the other. How do you make your people to be devoted to you, to your teaching, to your church, so that your church will keep on growing? We can find all about that here. And uh, my best chapter in this book is uh, chapter 13, Principles of Church Growth, where Bishop Dad talks about 14 different principles of church growth. So pastors, all right, church workers, Let's make sure that we have copies. Everybody here who doesn't have copies of these three books must get them. And finally, church growth, it is possible. Is that not good news? It looks difficult. But Bishop Jack says, church growth, it is possible. And in these books, he talks about 18 different strategies that makes church growth possible. Hallelujah. Including church growth and women. How women bring church growth, including church growth and membership, how to manage your membership, including church growth and uh, how to manage your finances, your incomes. So I really, really want to encourage all of us to get all these three books. Can I have an amen? amen. Hallelujah. And throughout the whole of the conference, I'll be preaching out of them. Amen. Now, why is the church important? I want to give you three reasons why the church is important. Number one, the church is important because the church is the light of the world. The church is important because the church is the light 
of the world. Amen. Now, if the lights in this auditorium were to go out, we'll all be sitting in darkness. And when we sit in darkness, we'll not be comfortable. The place will be warm. We cannot see around us. You know, so many things can begin to happen. This whole world is lying in darkness. The people of this world lie in darkness. Hallelujah. And the light that they need to be able to see their way around is not this electricity that provides light, but the light that they need is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? amen. In Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16, alright, verses 14 to 16, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. So from this scripture, there are some things that you see. Number one, the scripture is saying the church is the light to the world. Which means without the church, the world lies in great darkness. Hallelujah. Amen. Then, it also says the light cannot be hidden. The light cannot be hidden. The church of Jesus Christ cannot be hidden. Because it's the light of the world. So we must raise it up and project it and promote it so that it will shine. Hallelujah. That is why we must do church planting. That is why we must grow large churches so that, so that the light can be seen. If the church is not seen, other people, other lights, which are darkness, will be seen. Can I have an amen? amen. Can I have an amen? amen. Uh, the light of the gospel must rather shine brighter and brighter. Let's spread the church everywhere. Hallelujah. So this is the reason why the church is important because it is the light of the world. It is the light of the world. Can I have an amen? amen? So, if we don't build a church, we are allowing the peoples of this world to remain in darkness. Anywhere there is no church, anywhere the gospel is not be being preached, even though there are electricity lights, but in the realm of the spirit, People are sitting in darkness. So, Living Word of Faith Outreach Ministries International, God is telling us the light that He has given to us, 
we must cause that light to shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Which means that we must increase the intensity of the light that he has given to us. That is why we must have this church everywhere. Hallelujah. Yes. Now, you are the light of the world. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8 that we are light in the Lord. Christians, and remember that Christians are the church. We are the light in the Lord, in this world. Hallelujah. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now, wherever Jesus appeared, the Bible says, light appeared there. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible says, the people which sat in darkness has seen a great light. And to the people who sat in the shadow of death, light has appeared. Hallelujah. When we spread the gospel of Jesus, when we build the church of Jesus, we are causing light to appear everywhere. Can I have an amen? Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not be in darkness, but he shall have the life the light of life. When people come to follow Jesus, suddenly they receive the light of life. They, they cease to be in darkness anymore. That is why the church must be everywhere. That is why God is going to send you and send you and send me to go to all the nations to build a church. Because when we are doing that, we are bringing light into darkness. Jesus said in John 9, 5, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And he said in John 12, Look at John 12, 46. John 12, 46. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. So when we preach the gospel and people come to believe in Jesus, suddenly... They are translated from the kingdom of darkness into the glorious kingdom of his son. This is what the church is about. This is what the church is about. The church is not a place that we come to just enjoy ourselves. But the church is a place where we come and we allow people to experience the light of Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Yes. 
So God is expecting you, my sister. God is expecting you, my brother, to shine the light. To shine the light brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. I see the living word of faith outreach ministries. I see your light shining brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter all across Sierra Leone, all across Africa, all across Asia, all across Europe, all across Australasia, everywhere. Your light is shining brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. No man lights a lamp and put it under a basher. But he puts it on the table so that the light thereof will shine for all to see. Pastors, wherever we are, we must promote the church. Don't let us be ashamed of the church. Don't be ashamed that we are a pastor. Listen to me, pastors. The best profession on earth is to be a pastor. Do you know why? Because, because Jesus said in John 10, 11, I am the good shepherd. That word shepherd is translated from the Greek poimen and it means pastor. So Jesus said, I am the good pastor. Now, if Jesus was a pastor, I am happy to be a pastor. So pastor, don't be ashamed. Hello? Don't be ashamed that you are a pastor. You are doing the right thing. So continue to let your light shine brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter by spreading the gospel everywhere, by planting churches everywhere. Everywhere we place a church, darkness disappears. Where there are demons, where there are evil spirits, where fetish are thriving, where wicked men are thriving, immediately we plant the church there. That is it. Light comes. Watch this. Paul was a wicked murderer and persecutor of the church of Jesus Christ. He was very hardened. But one day he came into contact with the light. Jesus Christ. And immediately he said, Lord, what will you want me to do? When people come into contact with the light, they will change. Hallelujah. That is why we must build a church. That is why the church is important. That is why we cannot joke with the church. So let's stop playing games. Okay? Let's stop playing games. And let us rise up now and decide to build a church. Let us be like Nehemiah and to say, give me permission to go and build a church. I want to see men and women, young people, educated, uneducated. I want to see you coming to, to Bishop Tayo to say, Bishop, please send me. I want to go and, and plant a, a light somewhere. Yes. Yes. And by the end of this conference, Bishop, we are going to send all the young men and young women out. It is enough. You have been sitting here enough. It is time for you to go out there to shine the light. 
I said it is time for you to go out there and shine a light. Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Now, when God called Paul, he gave Paul an assignment. And many, many years ago, when Paul stood before King Agrippa, he explained to the king the purpose that God had given to him. Look at Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Let's read from verse 16. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 26, sorry. Acts chapter 26. Rise and stand upon thy feet, thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom the, the, now... The reference is wrong. Acts chapter 26 from verse 16. 26. Alright. I want you to look at that scripture, everybody. Do we have it? Acts chapter 26. Okay, go ahead. Delivering thee from the people and from this the is God. This is God talking to Paul. Unto whom I now send thee to open their eyes and to turn the, them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may... To turn them from where? Darkness From darkness light. unto what? Light. To light. And from the power of Satan, of unto, Satan God. Unto, to God. God. unto God. God said to Paul... The reason why I am sending you to the Gentiles is so that you turn them from darkness into light. The only power on earth that has the ability to remove people from darkness, spiritual darkness, death, evil, wickedness, unbelief in God, idol worshipping, the practice of juju, witchcraft, sorcery, the only power on earth is the church of Jesus Christ. Hello? Is the church of Jesus Christ. Is the church. The church of Jesus Christ is the only power that can change even people that the government cannot change. There are a lot of criminals in our societies who are no longer afraid to go back to prison. Whether in prison or out of prison, they are okay. They are okay. Because this is when you go to prison. Eh? They have girlfriends there. They have boyfriends. The men are sleeping with the men. The women are sleeping with the women. They do drugs. They do cocaine. All kinds of evils are there. So to them, whether they are in the society or in the prison, it is okay. They are not afraid. The government can put them there for 40 years. They don't mind. That is why there is so much killing and evil. But the church has the power to change such people. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes it. The power for salvation lies in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, if we don't plan the church, 
we are perpetuating darkness in this world. Because the church is the light of the world. The church is the light of the world. The church of Jesus Christ is the light of the world. More churches means more light. More churches means more light. More churches means more light. More churches means more enlightenment. More churches means that people can see their way to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm trying to explain to you why the church is important. Jesus said, the church is the light of the world. So brothers and sisters, it is time for us to spread the light. Hallelujah. It is time for us to increase the intensity of the light. Do you know that um, you can have bulbs that are supposed to lighten up. But sometimes the bulbs don't have enough strength. You put on the bulb and the light that is coming out of it is not very bright. How many of you understand that? Are you getting that? And you change. And you change. You replace. Church, it is not enough for us to have a little light. Jesus said, so let your light shine. So let your light shine. The time has come for us to shine more light. Spread more light. Hallelujah. In Sierra Leone, in every part of this country, we must shine the light of the gospel to the planting of churches and building of churches. Hallelujah. Number two. Number two. The church is important because the church of Jesus Christ is the salt of the world. It's the salt of the world. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 13. Matthew chapter, sorry, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. Matthew 5, 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Ye, one, are, three. ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savour, wherewith shall it be salted? It is, thence, it is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Please keep it there. Ye are the salt of the earth. Ye are the salt of the earth. The church is the salt of the earth. Now watch me everybody. What does it mean that the church is the salt of the earth? What do we use salt for? We use salt to make the food palatable. How many of you agree? Most of us here will not be happy when we are served with food without salt. Even our best meals, we cannot eat them. Hallelujah. Just as, listen to this, just as food, meals, without salt, is not palatable. Life in this world is not palatable without the salt of the world, which is the church. 
<laughs> Hello? Without a church, life is not palatable. Now watch. That is why men and women are doing everything they can to enjoy life. And yet, they realize that the very thing that they think can let them have an enjoyable life does not help them. Young men are sleeping around with every lady in a sketch. Black, fair, white, short, slim, plump, educated, uneducated. They keep on jumping from one lady to the other because they want something to satisfy them. And yet they realize that fornicating and committing adultery and sleeping around cannot help them. They get, listen, so, 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 so men have gotten to the point where they have realized that women cannot satisfy them and so they are trying men. What do you say? H. Give me two H. H, H. Give me three H. H, H, H. What a shock. Give that, give that shock. Give a sustained shock. A sustained a sustain shock. Listen. 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 Men, men are using drugs to become high. Cocaine. They are smoking marijuana. Men are drinking. Women are lusting after men. Women want nice shoes. Nice hair. Sisters, we are not deceived by the hair on your head. We know where it came from. Either it came from Brazil or Italy or China or somewhere. Ish. We are so experienced about your head and when we are laying hands on you, we do it gently. Solomon came to and said vanity of vanities. There are a lot of men here and a lot of women here. You don't eat much. When they serve the food, you don't eat much. And all over in life, you have been struggling to get food to eat. I watch my children you know, my wife served me something small. A little meat, a little soup. I can't eat much. I watch my children eating with great appetite. 
consuming everything. And yet, this is what men and women spend all their lives on. Trying to get something palatable, something tasty, something that they can enjoy, only to find out that there's no enjoyment in anything. That is why Jesus said, Jesus said, me, they can enjoy. The church, they can enjoy. Because the church is the true salt. The church is the true salt. The church is the, is, 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 is the true salt. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that eateth me shall never hunger. And he that drinketh of me shall never test again. The only person that can bring true satisfaction to this world is Jesus Christ. When we build a church, we are opening the door for people to enjoy a good life. There are many of you here. There are many of you here. You may not have a lot of money, but you are such a contented person. You are such a happy person. I mean, people wonder, why are you so happy? People wonder, you don't have a good car, but you are always laughing. You are always smiling. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. in life. Only that she doesn't know that selling your body doesn't help. It doesn't help. It cannot give you the joy. It cannot give you the peace. Hallelujah. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Only Jesus can satisfy. He's the bread of life. He's the bread of life. He's the bread of life. You know one day Jesus had an encounter with a Samaritan woman at the pool of Sychar. I want you to look at it. John chapter 4 from verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to now, drink. Can you, can you go to our verse 8? For his, for his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink? Go, 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 go back, verse 6 or 7. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. Yes. And it was about the sixth hour. There cometh, cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. Watch this. Just wait. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Why was she coming to draw water? To quench her thirst. So every day, men and women of this world are getting involved in all kinds of activities to satisfy a desire. Financial desire. Emotional desire. Marital desire. Desires of relationships. All kinds of desires. When men wake up, 
They want to satisfy a desire. Hallelujah. So every day, this woman will come to the well to draw some water to quench her thirst. But by the following day, she will realize that she needed more water, so she will come again. And then it continues. So we have people who are walking around our communities, our towns, and our villages, and our cities, who want satisfaction. They want to have satisfaction. They want to have a good life. They want to have a palatable life. They want to have an enjoyable life. So they are involved in all kinds of things only for them to experience one disappointment after the other. Hallelujah. Continue. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Watch this. Then, the, then Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. You see, if men, a woman of this world, unbelievers, sinners, knew who Jesus was, that Jesus could give them the living waters that could satisfy their souls, they would have asked him. But who is there, who is there to introduce this Jesus to them? That is you and I. And we are comfortably sitting in church. We are not praying. We are not witnessing. We are just happy about ourselves. We don't want to sacrifice. We don't want to go anywhere to go and do the work of God. All that we want in church to be, is to be blessed. And to be blessed again. And to be blessed again. And men and women are walking in life, in life lacking the living waters that Jesus can give. When we make the church available, when we make the good news available, when we make the gospel available, when we preach about Jesus, when we introduce people to Jesus, when we build the church, we are opening the fountains for living waters to flood into the souls of men and women. Hallelujah. So this woman, can you continue the scripture? The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw water, to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank thereof himself, and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Watch this. Jesus said there are two types of waters. The waters of this world and the waters that I can give. The life of this world, the monies, the riches, the marriages, the children, the education, the businesses, the cars, the lands of this world is one type of water. But unfortunately, it does not satisfy. It does not satisfy. Listen, the countries with the with the highest suicide rates in the world are the richest countries. Switzerland, 
Japan, these type of countries with the highest riches and yet they have the highest rate of suicide because they stay at the billions and the millions that they have and they realize that it cannot satisfy their soul. How wicked we can be to deny people the gospel of Jesus Christ. How wicked we can be as church, as Christians, not to preach the gospel, not to build churches, not to give ourselves to the work of God. We are denying people from the true living waters. Jesus told the woman, this water, when you drink it, you test again. But woman, I came to tell you, I have a certain type of living water. When I give that water to you and you drink, you will never test again. And immediately, look at the response of the woman. What did she say? The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Thank you. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw again. If you can give me water that will satisfy me forever, please give it to me. And when people come to Jesus, there are many of us here sitting in, in, in church today. Just remember your past life. Just remember your past life. A few years down the line, and you will understand what the Lord has done for you. Hallelujah. Amen. One of the reasons why Christians are not fruitful is because we have forgotten what the Lord has done for us. Yes. There are many of you. If somebody should put a knife to your neck to deny Christ, you will never do it. You will tell him, go ahead and kill me. I know who Jesus Christ is. I believe in him. I love him. I know what he has done for me. I know what he has done for me. I know what Jesus means to me. Hallelujah. The woman said, Lord, please give me this water. Because number one, I don't want to test again. Number two, I don't want to come here again. It is only in Jesus that man can have true satisfaction. It is only in Jesus that man can find true happiness. That is why Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The church is the salt of the world. Let us make sure that men and women everywhere, through the planting of churches, through the building of large churches, through the preaching of the gospel, are exposed to the salt. Exposed. We must not keep the salt and eat the salt on our own. We shouldn't be selfish. Hallelujah. We must be like the three lepers. When they found riches and wealth, they said, what we are doing is not good. What we are sitting down here and doing is not good. Let us go into the city and tell the king about what we have found so that everybody will benefit. It is time for every believer in this church and every believer everywhere and every believer watching me and listening to my voice that it is time for every believer to rise up and provide salt for this world. But watch this. Jesus said, you are the salt of this world. But if the salt loses its savor, it is worthless. Hello? When 
the sword becomes useless, Jesus says, men tread on them and trample on them. Listen, if you don't make use of your sword, you are going to become useless in the hands of God. And you are going to fall to the ground. And you are going to become useless. There is potential in you. There is greatness in you. There is ability in you. There are the callings and the gifts of God in your life. And the Lord is expecting you to rise up to use that to build a church. And when you refuse, and when you are not willing, Jesus says, you become worthless. A Christian who is not spreading the gospel, a Christian who is not preaching the gospel, a Christian who is not doing the work of God, who is not building churches, is worthless in the eyes of God. You see, we wonder why we say we are serving God and nothing is happening to us. We are not serving the Lord. You are not serving the Lord. You are not serving the Lord. You are not serving the Lord. Many of us, we just come to the church and go. We are spectators. We are spectators. We are watching the bishop and his wife and the pastors and we are saying, do the work. We are going and I will come later to come and enjoy. But Jesus wants every Christian to get involved. Are you giving the Lord a wonderful cup offering? Yeah. You may die early. You may die early. Put that scripture there. Put, put it back. Matthew 5.13. You may die early. You may be destroyed. If you are not making available yourself as sword to this world. You are the sword of the earth. But if the sword have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be sorted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Give me the NIV or any other simpler translation if you have. How many of you are understanding why the church is important? The church is important because it's the light of the world. The church is important because it's the salt of the earth. These are the words of Jesus. And listen to me, church. We must make sure that we place maximum premium on the words of Jesus. Hello? Hello? We must make sure that we give the ways of Jesus its rightful place. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. And some of you, God is calling you specifically into ministry. There are young men, young women in this church. God is calling you specifically. I want you to serve me. Please listen to the Lord. Please pay attention. Please yield. Please give up your own life. And say, Lord, here am I. Send me. I will go. Because you are salt in his hand. And if you don't respond, you become useless.
You become useless. You become useless until you are completely destroyed. Can I have an amen? amen? How many of you are going to value the church? Can I see your hand? I value the church. Tell the Lord, I value your church. I am giving myself to the building of your church. I shall build your church because it's the light of the world. I shall build your church because it's the salt of the world. Why don't you give the Lord a wonderful cup of fruit? Hallelujah. Then number three. As I close. The third reason why the church is important is because the church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. It is the pillar and the ground of the truth. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Alright, yes. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. And what is the house of God? The house of God is the church of the living God. And the church of the living God is the pillar and the ground of the truth. <laughs> we are asking the questions. We say, this world is now full of untruths. This world is now full of dishonest people. Cheats. In our time, when somebody tells you that I'm coming, it means he's going. When a young man looks at a young lady and says, I'll marry you, what he means is that I want to sleep with you and render you useless. And after that, jump to another lady. There's so much untruth, so much deception. Do you understand that? Because the God of this world is the father of deception. Satan, the Bible calls him the one who deceived the whole world. And so Satan is deceiving the world. Satan is calling white black and black white. Everywhere we go, there's corruption, stealing, cheating. Husbands are unfaithful to wives. Wives are unfaithful to husbands. Somebody just sent me a little video, WhatsApp video. Somewhere in America, there's a program. They invite you to sit in a chair and then they ask you questions. And based on the answers that you give, you earn money. So they put this lady there. And can you imagine that as you are sitting in the chair, the husband was sitting in the congregation. And they kept asking her a question. And then it got to a question. And if she answered truthfully, she was going to be given 100,000 US dollars. They tell you how much you are going to earn before they ask you the question. 
So they turn the wheels and they print the question. And the announcer said, I'm going to ask you a question. If you answer truthfully, you are going to earn 100,000 US dollars. And what was the question? This was the question. Have you ever had sexual affair with any of the friends of your husband? And the husband was sitting there looking at her. And she waited for two minutes or so. And she said, yes. Yes. This is the world in which we are. Yes. You see, as the darkness has increased, everything is thrown overboard. So, that is why the church becomes important. Because the church is the ground and the pillar of the truth. You see, truth, listen to me, truth cannot, listen, truth, I want you to listen to this one, truth cannot be overcome through education. Truth cannot be overcome through re-education. No. Why? Because truth is not a phenomenon. Truth is not a process. Truth is not an event. Truth is a person. His name is called Jesus Christ. Now, what did Jesus say? John 14, 6. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the truth. Truth is a person. So the only way this world can find truth is when we give the world the person. And that person is Jesus Christ. When we build a church, we make Jesus available to the peoples in our communities, in our cities, in our towns, at our workplaces, our friends, our colleagues, at work, our colleagues in our offices, our fellow students, and wherever we are, we make Jesus available. And when they come into contact with the truth, then they'll begin to walk in the truth. Because grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. That is why, listen to this, that is why when you go to prison, when you go to prison, because the prison is more or less, occasionally there are, there are mistakes, but generally speaking, prison, prisons are full of bad people, criminals, people who have done bad things. But did you know that our prisons are full of people who are changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You go to prisons and there are churches there. I'm talking about people who are criminals, but in the prison, they have met the truth, Jesus Christ. And now, they are walking in truth. Right there in prison. Right there in prison. Because in the prison, the man Jesus Christ, the truth, will enter there. And anybody who finds him there will become a different person. Hallelujah. This is why the church is important. The church is important because it's the light of the world. It will drive away the darkness of the world. The church is important because it is the salt of the world. It will make life tasty 
for the peoples of this world. And the church is important because the church is a source of truth. Truth. Honesty. Integrity. If our political leaders are people who fear God, they will not walk in corruption. They will not walk in corruption. Yeah. Recently I was uh, sitting by um, the vice president of a country and uh, as we got speaking, he kept up saying, he kept up saying, I know who put me here. God put me here. God put me here. That is why I have to behave in a certain way. And as he spoke, I realized that this is somebody who had the fear of God in his heart. He was explaining to me, when you were a leader, you cannot cheat the people. When you were a leader, you must love the people. When you were a leader, you must care for the people. And I realized that the source of all that was because of the truth that was in his own heart. But most of our political leaders don't have the truth. They themselves are walking in darkness. That is why there's so much darkness. There's so much evil. There's so much dishonesty. There's so much stealing. There's so much corruption in our societies. So brothers and sisters, this is why Nehemiah said, come and let us go and build. Let us go and build. Let us be like the generation of Nehemiah who had the mind to build. We must have the mind to build the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. May we not focus and concentrate on building our own lives. But let us build the church of Jesus Christ. When we build the church of Jesus Christ, God will build our lives. I said when we build God's church, God will build our lives. Hallelujah. May God raise you up. May God raise you up as a strong builder of the church. I see you building the church of Jesus Christ. I see you planting the church of Jesus Christ. I see you progressing, promoting the church of Jesus Christ. May we spread the light everywhere. And now in the name of Jesus, I prophesy to you, living word of faith, outreach ministries international. I see you going further. I see you going further. I see more churches. I see more churches. I see expansion. I see increase. I see growth. I see God taking you further and further. Every ministry here, every pastor here, may your church progress. May there be an expansion. Move from five churches to 20 churches. 20 churches to 50 churches. 50 churches to 100 churches. May God give you more land. May God give you more places. May God give you more territories. Lift up your hands and begin to pray to God. Stand your feet, everybody. Lift up your hands, everybody. And pray. And say, Lord, help me to expand your church. Help me to build your church. Help me to grow your church. Lift up your voice and begin to pray everywhere. Lift up your voice and pray. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Help me to build your church. Help me to expand your church. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Lift up your voice and pray for help. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. To build
We believe you have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral College, opposite the College Main Gate. Our service times are early rain service, 6.30 to 8.15 a.m. Love and Hope service, local languages services, from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. Love and Faith service, from 9.30 to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant View Church is also at 9.30 a.m. to 12 noon. Be part of our midweek impartation service this and every Tuesday from 6.15 to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For further prayer and counseling and further inquiry, please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.